listening to the Thornapple Valley Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Our hope is for you to be encouraged and to connect with God during this message. If you'd like to know more about Thornapple Valley Church, visit tbcweb.com. We're in a, a series called How Stuff Works. And we're about the third week in, and in the first week, we talked about our mission as a church. Now, when it comes to how stuff works, the whole point of this series of talks has been about how the church works. And in week one, we talked about our mission, the, the, the one thing that everything comes down to at TVC, and it's this, we're all about connecting people with God. We're all about connecting people with God. But I asked you last week to consider taking that a step further. That in as much as we're about connecting people with God, I think part of the DNA of who we are as a church is about connecting people with God and connecting people with each other. We believe that life is, should be lived in community. You and I were not created to live life in isolation. We're created to be in relationships. And so we kind of unpacked that last week when we talked about um, serving and connecting through tribes, which I just mentioned to you has had such a huge impact on me. Today, I want to talk to you about one of the last elements that, that sort of makes stuff work. And, and before I do, I just want to, uh, if, if Pastor Jeff is watching online, I want to extend my heartfelt gratitude to you. Because it's my third week preaching from the front, and of all the topics you could assign me, you asked me to talk about money. Thanks. <laughs> Love you too. Now, as soon as you hear that, if we're honest, some of you heard me use that word and went, oh no, here we go. Now, if you haven't hung around TV, TVC for a while, or if you come out of a different background or tradition, I, I want to acknowledge something today, and that is that I have heard this topic talked about in ways that made me bristle a little bit. So I'm going to ask you today to give me an opportunity to redeem this topic and to talk about it in such a way that I believe it will be life-giving for you and for me. Uh, you know, all you have to do is turn on the TV and, and watch some TV evangelists and whatnot like that, and you've seen the topic of finances and money, I think, not handled very well from, from time to time. But I think it's an important one to talk about, and I'll tell you why. As one of your pastors, I care about your life and every area of your life. I care about the relationships that you have. I care about your, your, your marriages. I care about your children. I care about your spiritual life, your emotional life, all of that. And, and, and the reason why I don't think that we can ignore this is because Jesus uttered a sentence that I think for you and I ought to highlight why how we approach money is so important. He said this, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. In other words, how you view your resources, your finances, is going to be a reflection on what might be happening with your heart. Now, you might say, okay, well, we'll explain. Let me give you just one example. I've counseled with many, many couples who are navigating challenges in their relationships. I've counseled with couples that were on the edge, maybe thinking that the marriage was going to come to an end. And I have to tell you, 95% of the time, do you know what it, normally, it comes down to? It comes down to conflict over communication. 
And often it comes down to conflict over money. And so, that being said, I think this is something important that you and I ought to talk about. And then often we'll, we'll, we'll amazingly say, well, here we go, the, the church must need my money. And he's going to put a big plea out there and because, you know, the church needs my money and, and all that. I, I just want to clear the air for, with you for a minute and set the stage for today with this statement. God doesn't want to get your money, but he'd like to keep your money from getting you. God does not want to get your money, but he'd like to keep your money from getting you. So if you'll allow me to frame this entire talk for the next few minutes around that idea, I think you'll see that this is maybe more than what you might imagine or expect. And I want to talk to you about two things today that, that directly correlate to how we handle our resources, the resources that have been given to us. One of those things is stewardship, and the other one is generosity. And, and, and really simply put, stewardship is how I manage my resources. Generosity is how I give it away. So, so stewardship is about planning and preparing and managing. Generosity is about giving it away. It's about being a blessing to somebody else. British sculptor Sir Jacob Epstein was once visited in his, in his studio by the eminent author George Bernard Shaw. The visitor noticed a huge block of stone standing in one corner, and he asked what it was for. I don't know yet, the sculptor said. I'm still making plans. Shaw was astonished. You mean you plan your work? I change my mind several times a day. And the sculptor, without missing a beat, said this. That's all fine and well with a four-ounce manuscript but not with a four-ton block of stone. I want to ask you today to consider this. How we steward and manage our resources and our money can have a direct impact on the quality of our lives. I love what Isaiah in the Old Testament, the first half of the Bible, one of the books there was written by a prophet named Isaiah. And here's what he wrote. Generous people plan. Say plan. Generous people plan to do what is generous. Let's say it. What do they do? They plan. They plan to do what is generous. See, here, here's what I know when it comes to planning in this area. Failure to plan is planning to fail. And, and really, a plan when it comes to your money could be as simple as a thing called a budget. A budget is simply telling your money where you want it to go. And, 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 so, and then, so what does the Bible say? Generous people plan, and then they do what is generous. Or I, I love one, one um, translation says, they stand firm in their generosity. They, they plan on it. See, most of us, you know, what do we do when we plan our money? Well, we just, we spend it. <laughs> and we consume it. So the first thing I want you to think about today when it comes to this idea of your money is I, I'd like you to commit to plan and prepare. Can I tell you something I found to be true in, in many, many cases? Let, let, me, let me just take you back for a minute. It was early on in, in our marriage, my, my wife and I, and um, I felt like oftentimes there was more month left at the end of the money. 
You caught that. That was good. And I remember sitting down with a, a friend of mine that was a financial planner, and he said, Dan, let's, let's just talk about your budget. And I said, I, I hung my head. I said, I, I'm not really sure how to even do that. Well, we sat down over, over the course of a few days, and I, I actually came to realize that it wasn't, it wasn't about not having enough money. I just had no idea where our money was going. A budget is simply a plan for telling your money where it's going to go so it doesn't tell you. Because here's what I want you to know. If you don't lead your money, your money will lead you. And often, it doesn't lead you to freedom when you just let it go. It leads you to bondage. And I don't want that for your life, and God doesn't want that for your life. So before we go on to this idea of generosity, I just want to tell you about a tremendous tool that potentially could release you from any bondage that you might feel when it comes to money, help you with this idea of budgeting, thinking about the big picture, and really getting a handle on it. We're going to be offering a course called Financial Peace University. It's going to begin on February 14th. You can find out more about it at tvcweb.com forward slash support. Listen to me. If you are thinking about getting married, you're newly married, you're not operating in a budget, and you feel the strain of some of this, you haven't thought about maybe the big picture because you're maybe a little caught in the right now, please, please, please get to Financial Peace University. Take that class one time. Put the things you learn into practice, and I promise you, you will find a sense of freedom and hope that maybe you have not had before. Remember I said before, the first thing we do is we commit to plan and we prepare. The second thing we do is we practice generosity. We practice generosity. I come from a long line of getting to watch generous people. I got to watch that in my grandfather and and I, I remember as a, as a, as a college student, I, I, I had a 79 Oldsmobile Delta 88 with plush red velour interior. This thing was like driving your living room couch around. It was awesome. And I would come home from college, and I remember my grandfather, who was a retired executive from Exxon, he would say to me, hey, can I borrow your car? And I, I would think to myself, well, at first, I'm like, why would you want to borrow my car? And inevitably, I, I was on to him because I'd get my car back, and one day, I opened the glove, the glove compartment of my car, and there were a stack of invoices. Do you know every time he would borrow my car, he would change the tires, put new brakes on it, change the oil? He kept that car going for me. That was his way of practicing generosity. I would watch my dad when we'd go out to restaurants. I remember the first time he left a tip. And I said, Dad, what's that? He goes, that's the tip. He said, you see that lady? You see that guy? They're working hard. And if somebody serves you well, you bless them in return. And I watched that. So a few years ago, uh, I was on a, on a social media page for pastors, and I was interacting with this guy who, uh, come to find out, I'd never met him before. He was pastoring a church in a community, brace yourself, more rural than Hastings. No traffic light. All right? And um, he was pastoring a small church in Iowa. And they had been through some challenges. And when he had arrived there, there were about 11 people. 
And God was beginning to do something there and they had some musicians that were coming and they wanted to form this thing called the band, much like we have. By the way, do we not have some amazing talent at TVC? I'm telling you, wow. And um, so they, they wanted to form this band. And, and I remember saying, you know, we have no sound equipment. We, we, don't, we, we have nothing. Like I have one little microphone that I use and, and that's about it. And I remember something stirring in my heart because here I was sitting in a church that had just finished a multi-million dollar project building a brand new auditorium, uh, lobby and all of that. And I said, here I am sitting in this and this guy's just trying to get this thing off the ground. So I called a buddy of mine that had an audio, video and lighting company. And I said, here's the deal. I'm gonna connect you with this guy. I want you just to talk to him and ask him what he's doing and find out what he needs. And at the end of the conversation, after you find out everything that he needs, tell him that there's a church in New York that's going to donate everything that they need. And so we sent them all of this audio, video, and lighting equipment. I'll finish the story later. You know, there are so many powerful examples of generosity, even sacrificial generosity, In the Bible, to me, there's none more powerful than a story we find in the book of Mark, the gospel of Mark. Now, if you're new to to church and and this whole God thing, the Bible's divided really into two parts. It's simply a collection of 66 books, 39 in the Old Testament and 27 in the New Testament. And the first four in the New Testament are the gospels. They're eyewitness accounts of the life of Jesus, written by four guys, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. And this guy, Mark, in chapter 12, tells this story about Jesus watching what people give. This is how he tells a story. He said that Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were being put, and he watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Now, honestly, the first time I read it, I'm like, that's a little creepy. Like, like how would you feel if Pastor Jeff and I stood at the back entrances and held the giving buckets as you left? Like, no pressure, right? And and here's what it says. Jesus is watching what people put in the offering bucket, and Mark tells us that a lot of rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came, and she put two very small copper coins worth only a few cents into the basket. Jesus calls his disciples together. This This is so powerful. He says, truly this poor widow... This woman who would have been living off the scraps of other people, this poor widow has put more, say more, more into the treasury than all of the others. They gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything. All that she had to live on. You know, what's interesting to me about this is, first of all, Jesus was watching. And second thing that's interesting to me is he didn't stop her. Like if I'm the pastor on duty that day and I know that this, lit- this lady is living off the scraps of other people and that's all she has, I might be more inclined to go, don't worry about it. Listen, you hold on to it. The rich people, they got it. No sweat. He lets her put it in. He lets her put it in because he does not want to rob her of experiencing the blessing of sacrificial generosity. 
And he also teaches us an incredibly valuable lesson when sometimes, if we're honest, we might say, well, I can't give what somebody else can give. That person, they're able to earn this or achieve. I can't do that. Right here, Jesus levels the playing field and we learn this lesson of unequal gifts but equal sacrifice. Unequal gifts but equal sacrifice. Now, I'm going to tell you a story and I'm going to try not to get emotional about an incident that helped move my standard of giving personally, my idea and understanding of generosity to a whole different level. The year was 1989. I was 14 years old. Stop doing the math. I'm, I'll be 46. All right? I was 14 years old, and the, the church framework that I grew up in, the denomination, if you will, that I grew up in, was planning a trip for students across the country to gather in the Dominican Republic to build churches. We had about a year's notice that this trip would be happening, and I knew, I was determined, I was going to go on this trip. And so that particular year is my freshman year of high school, and I decided to take Spanish because I wanted to learn how to speak the language that we would be speaking when we were there. Well, sure enough, July of 89 came, we gathered, we met in the Dominican Republic, and we split off into four groups, students from all over the country, and we set out to build four churches in four different impoverished communities that otherwise would not be able to have a church. And I remember showing up to the work site on the first day, and we're, we're digging a trench so they could put the rebar and, and the concrete blocks in to build the foundation for this thing. And then, of course, the second day comes. And I remember very early on seeing at the corner of, of that property for that church, no farther than this row, and for those of you watching out online, maybe 10 to 15 feet away, a little woman would leave her house every day frail, small. I could, I could picture her walking, and she would come out, and she would sit at the corner of our of of her home, and she would just watch. And I remember locking eyes with her one day, and I can picture this vividly in my mind. I locked eyes with her one day, and she looked at me, and she just kept going like this, going like this. So finally, one day, I got it up. I got up the umption in me to go over and to talk to her, and I introduced myself to her in Spanish, and she said, I, I'm giving glory to God because I have prayed for years that God would bring a church to this community. On the last day of that trip, and I had gone every day after that and sat and talked with her for a few minutes and gotten to know her. On the last day of this trip, we dedicated that church to God and we were gathered in a circle and I invited her over. And when we were all finished praying, she looked at me and she went like this. Now they had warned us ahead of time that it would not be in our best interest to eat or drink anything given to us by the locals or else a lot more than the Holy Spirit would be flowing. <laughs> she motioned for me to come. I'll never forget it. She took me by the hand like this and opened the door of her house. And I suspect that she took months worth of her income and she set a feast at her table. She wanted nothing more than for me to eat what she had put out in her gratitude. So I went to one of the leaders and I said, I, I just don't think I can say no to this lady. And he said, Dan, that's, 
I'm going to leave that up to you. And I walked in her home and I ate with her and she wept through that and she extended blessing to me that day. She also gave me a gift that kept on giving for about two months, but that's a whole other story. And, but I'll tell you, I, I've never heard the audible voice of God. It just hasn't happened. But something happened in my heart that day. And I wrote it down. It was so profound. It was just a very, very simple sentence. This is what I wrote down. God, make me more like that. Make me more like that. I want to ask you a question. When's the last time you received a massive blessing from practicing generosity? When's the last time you've given in such a way that you felt it? And, and, and you loved that you gave up something so that you could be a blessing to somebody else. See, this is what we do. I, I want to be clear for a minute. I'm going to ask you today to practice generosity. I'm just going to ask you to be generous. And as your pastor, as one of your pastors, I'm going to ask you to give generously to what God is doing. Specifically through the life of, of TVC. I'm going to ask you to, to perhaps consider that our lives would be richer and more fulfilling if we would put away what I call the American way and we would decide to stop being consumers and start being contributors. People who say, I'm going to live my life and invest my life so that somebody else can experience the blessings of God. See, our, our, our American way is take, consume, amass. And God's way is be open-handed. Because truly, the scripture says, it is more blessed to give than to receive. This is what we do. And, and we will take those resources and we'll steward them and we'll manage them. I have to tell you, I, this is a little side note. I am absolutely impressed in every way with our finance team here at TBC. The, the organization, their stewardship, their, their character, we take this seriously. And we'll manage it in such a way that when we see opportunities where God is moving, where there's a need, can, can you just imagine what it would be like if every time there was a need that came up in Hastings, Middleville, Delton, or Barry County, a need that people thought was insurmountable, TVC was already there, ready, ready to say, with God, all things are possible. Now, let me tell you, that's what we do, but let me tell you what we don't do. And I just want to be really clear as a church. First of all, we don't pass a bucket multiple times every week. In fact, truthfully, right now, we don't pass a bucket at all, Right? We just don't do that. I, I, we simply invite people to practice generosity. I attended a church once where it, the, the bucket would come by once, and if there'd be another need, they'd send that sucker by again. And I'm like, wow, two, three times. Like, you're, you're just, you know, make that baby count. I, I actually, no joke, I attended a church once where they were campaigning for something, and, and the pastor literally told the ushers, we're going to take another offering, lock the doors in the back. We're not leaving until we raise the money. I promise you, we will never do that at TVC. Okay? 
I cringed at that. But here's the thing. If you give strategically, we can give spontaneously. Wouldn't it be great if every time there was a need around us, we had already cut a check and sent a group of people to say, here we are, what do we need to do? I will, as one of your pastors, inspire you and challenge you to give without apologizing. But I will tell you this, and my wife was sitting right here in the front row in the last service. I will never, ever stand on this platform and ask you to do something that I'm not willing to do myself. Ever. That our key leaders are not willing to do. And I want to inspire you in this way because A, I don't want your money to get you. And B, I want you to receive the blessing that comes from practicing generosity. And when you give, we're going to use it to make a big difference. We're going to give it to churches and we're going to give it to people in need and we're going to start campuses and churches and movements that connect people with God. Can I tell you something? I don't want to go to bed at night knowing another child in Barry County is going to bed hungry. I do not want to go to bed at night knowing that somebody in Barry County is laying their head down without a roof over their heads. I think we serve a big God. What if we made sure that every single child in this county ate every day? And that every person in this county went to bed with a roof over their heads and did our parts? And we watch God move through that. Let's be part of something bigger than themselves. Remember that guy I told you about that we sent all the AVL equipment to? I want, you to, I want to read for you an excerpt from an email he sent me. Dan, God bless you. Our band is overwhelmed. Our church broke wide open in praise and worship when they found out. It was like nothing we've ever experienced here before. God is putting things together. In fact, a family in my church heard about what you were doing, and they were so inspired that they gave us $2,000 to spend on things we needed to move forward but didn't know where the money would come from. Plus, three new, fa- three new families began coming to our church, pushing us toward a whopping 70 people on Sunday morning. Two years ago, Dan, I came to this church that recently had been strong And they were down to 11 people on Sunday. They had split twice in the months before I came. Now, God is moving beyond our imagination. Can I just say this to you, TVC? This is what we do. This is what we do. At TVC, we look for opportunities to practice generosity. But may I personalize this question for you and ask you this. Are you a part of we? I want to encourage you today to take a next step in your generosity. You may say, well, Dan, where, where do I begin? I mean, I, I've never even done this before. I mean, look, when I, I pass a bucket, we, 
I throw something in here and there. So maybe your first step is to simply start practicing regular generosity. To say, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to have a plan. And every week, it doesn't matter the amount. Remember I said unequal gifts equal sacrifice? Say, God, you know, this, here's where I want to start, God. I, I want to I I I be regular with this. I, how can I start practicing generosity? And you can go to tvcweb.com and, and find ways to do that. But maybe for you, you'll start making that a regular, you'll start making that a regular thing. Some of you say, well, you know, I, I, I'm already doing that. What, what would my next step be? Well, maybe you need to think about relative generosity. What, what I mean by that is, am I practicing generosity in a way that reflects my priorities relative to the other things that I'm spending my money on, where my money's going, is how I'm giving back to God. Does that really reflect what's important to me? Maybe you would pray on that. Some of you say, well, okay, well, what, what would be my next step after that? Well, then it would be r- relational generosity. And, and, and here's what that looks like. Am I practicing generosity in a way that changes me? When I, when I simply say, God, here's what I want to bring to you. I'm going to feel that a little bit. Am I giving, am I giving in a way that is offering up to God something that cost me? Am I giving in a way that, that, that causes my lifestyle to perhaps be a little bit different so that I can invest in what God is doing. Now, I want you to notice something. Not once have I mentioned our budget, our bills, all of that, because it's not about that. This is about you experiencing the fullness of what God has for you. And if Jesus can say where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. I want your heart to experience the fullness of what God has for you. That's why I'm challenging you today to step out in this area. In fact, cover to cover, 66 books of the Bible, this is the only place where God says, test me. The only one. He says, test me. You bring your gift and practice generosity. You give it to me. Test me in it, he says, and see if I don't throw open the floodgates of heaven and do more than you could ever ask for or imagine. Some of you might already be here and you're saying, well, is there even a next step after that? I, and there is. Because I know people that practice radical generosity and don't, don't get too caught up on that word. But when I, when I show you how these folks pray, you'll, you're un, you'll understand. See, oftentimes when we pray, we say, God, how much do you want me to give? How much do you want me to give? How much do you want me to give? These folks actually pray, God, how much are you asking me to keep? Because I'm going to give the rest away so that you can use it for something that's way bigger than me. Because after all, it was never mine to begin with, God. It was yours. Ephesians in the New Testament says this, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask for or imagine according to his power that's at work in us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. Amen. God is in the business of doing immeasurably more than you could ever ask for or imagine. But oftentimes we won't see it because we're afraid to test the waters. And there's nothing or very little that we hold on more tightly to than our money. So I'm going to ask you for the next 90 days, 
to take a generosity challenge. Our ushers are going to come and they're going to hand you a card that looks like this. It's this three-month generosity challenge. And those of you who are watching online, you can sign up online as well. But I want to invite as many of you as possible to take this challenge. To say, God, what would you have me to do? What would my next step be? I want you to fill this out. And I want you to put put on there, here's what my challenge, my personal challenge is going to be. And maybe you'll say, well, it's going to be X amount or whatever it might be. But I want you to put it on there. And then I want you to tear this thing off and take the top portion after you've prayed on it, after you've thought about it, after you've discussed it maybe with your spouse, if that applies or whatever it might be. And I want you to put it, I want you to put it in the offering bucket. And the reason why I'm asking you to put your name and your address on there is because there is a book for me that changed everything when it came to my generosity. And I'd like to give that to you as a gift. So for those of you who are participating in this, I, I want to give that to you as, as a gift. But you know, I am so confident, we are so confident that you will see the blessing of God in your life that if, af- if after 90 days, you have not seen God move or you're coming up short, you simply let me know and we'll give you back every penny. Every penny. But you've got to take a step and say, God, I'm going to do what you're asking me to do. Lord, thanks for your love for us. I'm reminded that... My favorite verse in the Bible says you love the world so much that you gave. <laughs> and that God, we could never, ever possibly outgive you. So today, God, stir us toward generosity. And we'll stand in awe, God, of who you are. As we see lives changed, people set free, and maybe just maybe. Barry County will never be the same again. For all of this, God, we say thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Thornapple Valley Church podcast. If you found this message encouraging, we invite you to share it. For more information, visit tvcweb.com.